Hey everybody, the Boiler Upload podcast that you're about to hear is not at our usual quality of recording because I was foolish enough to not plug my microphone in and it was recording off of my Mac microphone. I didn't realize it until after Jason and I had recorded, so uh, it's not going to be the best, but hopefully it comes through and is still hearable for you, but Thank you for listening and uh, being patient with us as we do all this. The Boiler Upload podcasts are brought to you by Martin Vintage. Do you love Purdue Vintage logos? Do you like supporting small businesses? Are soft and comfortable t-shirts and sweatshirts something that you adore this holiday season? Especially when they don't break the bank? Look no further than Martin Vintage. This Purdue alumni-owned small business is the place for you. Make sure to head over to martinvintage.com today to see what they have to offer. Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Upload podcast. And you're actually getting the second take of this because I just called it the Behind the Rails podcast because I don't know what's going on, apparently. I am your host, Travis Miller of Boiler Upload, and with me tonight is Jace Jellison, also of Boiler Upload, to discuss National Signing Day. How are you doing tonight, Jace? I'm doing well, boss man. How are you? I am good. We're going to double team this tonight. Casey is at the basketball game, which just tipped off like seconds ago. So to give you some time frame on when we're recording this, Kyle, unfortunately, is with kids because he has a newborn he's taking care of and has to be all responsible parents and everything. But as I said, we're going to talk about National Signing Day and just what it meant for Purdue's class right now, incredibly small, but I guess the first question is, could you see this growing? Yeah, most definitely. And I, um, in the press release that Purdue uh, sent out shortly after the last guy signed, he said, we're not done. We're still going to keep recruiting this class and hit the transfer portal um, to get a full class by the spring. So, I mean, yeah, it's at, what, 12 guys now? Um, 12 guys that actually signed. Um, and then, of course, you have George Burhin, who's supposed to sign on Friday. And Kendrick Gilbert, who's kind of up in the air, he might he might sign on February first. We don't really know, um, but regardless, I think I think this class will get up to hopefully near twenty. Um, I think that's I think that's a realistic possibility. Yeah, I'm looking at the list here, and as you said, the two that are unsigned are Gilbert, who uh, I don't know how many people realize it, but yes, there is a second signing period here in February. The the early signing period right now is kind of new. It's only been in, in place for the last couple seasons. Uh, so you can have guys hold out until February, and that means uh, other people we can recruit and everything else. Um, as you said, George Burhan, uh, I'm assuming that's just like a, is that like a big school fancy? They're going to do it in yep. front of a whole school and everything signing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that's the case. Yeah, I, I know that usually happens at the smaller schools like that. Uh, and then uh, if you look on Boiler Upload and you see the commitment list, we have Ethan Trent listed there. We threw him on. He is actually a preferred walk-on, and uh, so he does not count against the scholarship limit, at least yet. That is the younger brother of Tyler Trent, of Tyler Trent fame. Well, I guess it would be Tyler Trent fame, duh. Anyway, uh, so it's nice to see that story come along here. Um, what what did you find out from uh, Ethan uh, with his commitment here today? Well, we're going to have him on the uh, the Boiler Track show here, here shortly. But, I mean, what a story. 
everything's come a full circle for for him and his family. I'm I'm so happy for him, <clears throat> not only him but his whole family. That's I mean that's special um, to be able to come back and and suit up for the Boilermakers where where your brother was was so loved and so appreciated and really turned. I mean he turned into a national story after Purdue beat Ohio State and Purdue fans. Uh, old and young are always going to remember that, and they're always going to hold that the Trent family in their hearts. Um, and I think that's, I mean, it's just special. I know we're we're getting a little sentimental, but um, I mean, I I think I think Ethan Trent coming on, uh, joining Purdue is special, and I think he's a great preferred walk on spot too. It's not like Purdue's just throwing him a bone. I know I know Kyle's very high on him. Um, he was top fifty all state both as a junior and senior. Um, started at Carmel High School, which isn't it, – it's not an easy thing to do. Carmel pumps out uh, D1 guys year in and year out. They had three come to Purdue alone. So um, this isn't this isn't Purdue just being like, all right, yeah, you can join the team, whatever. I could conceivably see Ethan Trent contributing at some point in his career. Obviously, we, don't, we won't know that until he gets on campus and starts working out with the guys, but um, – not not your prototypical preferred walk-on, I guess. Yeah, and he's an offensive lineman, which um, as slight as Tyler was, as we saw uh, since he was so famous with us, Ethan is listed at six foot two, 280 pounds. So he's got some good size, and like you said, he played at Carmel in the state's largest class and the state's best conference. So he's been through a lot of the big battles here in the state of Indiana and is about as tested as you can get for a player from Indiana as an offensive lineman. Um, almost certainly a redshirt candidate this coming year, but as it stands right now, he is the only offensive lineman that has committed in this entire class. So like you said, he's going to get a shot. He's going to get a look. He'll have plenty of time to prove himself. And, you know, we might be looking at the 2025-2026 season where we see him contributing. Yeah, and that's something that Purdue has been, I don't want to say famous for, but They've had a bunch of guys come from walk-ons or barely recruited and turn into very good players. Um, I was looking looking before we hopped on here. These three guys were all Americans. Devon Witherspoon at Illinois, uh, who was a DB. Chase Brown at Illinois is a running back. He's a two-star recruit. And Charlie Jones was a two-star recruit. All three of those guys were all Americans. So you can't really – I don't want to say stars are meaningless and rankings are meaningless, um, but – I mean, you just never know who can who can come out of the woodworks and and have a phenomenal career, and I think I think he's quite capable of that. Yeah, and you look at the recent history of Purdue. You have uh, Aiden O'Connell, obviously started as a walk on. Devin Mockaby, walk on currently until like oh, about a week ago. Um, <laughs> we've had a number of uh, safeties that have ended up being walk ons. I'm thinking way back here, but Landon Feichter and the the uh, first two Thineman brothers, because we'll talk about the third Thineman here shortly. Or is it Thineman? It's Thineman. <laughs> Thineman. Yeah, I should know that. Anyway, uh, but yeah, we have a history of guys finding their way to the field as walk-ons, and you know he's got he's got a shot to play. And as we've proven in the past, he can get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as the rest of the recruits that have signed today. Um, who do you see? Uh, do you see any of them being kind of instant impact guys next year, especially with as many positions are going to be open? I think Zion Gunn kind of jumps off jumps off the page. 
simply because, I mean, they don't really have any cornerbacks coming back. They got Brandon Callaway. Um, Cam Childers just put his name on the portal. He probably wasn't going to have a huge role regardless, but it's really only Brandon Callaway and T. Denson um, returning on this roster. And, and obviously we'll have to wait and see what Ryan Walters does in the portal, but Zion Gunn would be a guy. Um, I think Jerron Tibbs or Ryan Shackelford, I think either of those two uh, at the wide receiver spot could come and step in um, and see some reserve action. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how Walters will, will deal with, with true freshman playing. I know he had a really good true freshman. Um, Gabe Lucas, I believe is his name at Illinois. He was a freshman All-American. Um, but on this Purdue team this past year, the only guy that really saw a bunch of action was Mo and Nick Carraway. And even those guys had lim- very limited roles. So um, I don't I don't think any anyone's going to come in and be like a Ronda Moore, a, a David Bell, a George Karloftis. But I think I think a few of the guys could come in and, and have a reserve role and, and see a little bit of snaps. How about the uh, one semi-surprise that we had today with Jamarian Harkless? If you look at the uh, rivals rating, he comes in as a uh, 5.7, and that puts him near the top of the uh, of the class right now. In fact, he's one of the top three signed guys, and the only one he's behind is Kendrick Gilbert. Yeah, I mean, great get by Ryan Walters. I mean, what what else can you say? I mean, he's the third-rated guy and third-rated overall prospect out of the state of Kentucky, which is over Micah Carter and uh, Sadiq Clements, who decommitted from Purdue and went down to Louisville. I mean, big guy, probably going to be nose tackle, uh, filling the spot for, for Lawrence Johnson, uh, who will be leaving after a year. Um, he, I mean, he's a talented guy. He had offers from Ole Miss, LSU, Georgia, Michigan. Um, so college coaches thought the world of him, and he's a, he's a big kid. He's like 6'2", 3'10", 320. Um, I mean, he still has burst in his game, too, uh, for what I saw on tape. So that's a really good get by Ryan Walters. And as you said, with uh, Dean and uh, company in the portal, there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be snaps to play their defensive tackle, too. Yeah, most definitely, because right now I think they only have uh, Prince James Boyd Jr., Cole Brevard, Suleiman Paka. Those are the those are the three guys that would that would be stepping up. Um, I don't know if any of them are ready. I know back back when Brom was was still at Purdue, he was he offered a couple of defensive tackles. So um, I think that's a spot that Purdue is going to have to improve on. And like you said, I mean Harkless very may, may very well see see a lot of snaps uh, early in the year next year. Uh, I know one other player here we just mentioned earlier, another legacy. Dylan Thieneman, and I think it's I think it's very telling that he comes in as a three star recruit. He's starting off on scholarship. Both of his brothers, uh, uh, Brennan and Jacob, started as walk ons, but evolved into excellent contributors over time. So, uh, what do you have? How much have you seen of him, and what do you know of him, especially since he was just on your show? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I mean, going you know what you're going to get out of him seeing his, his two older brothers come through and play for Purdue. Uh, Jake was a team captain in 2018 as a senior. Um, you know what you're going to get. He's going to be a hard-nosed kid. He's going to work hard. He's going to keep his head down. He's going to do all the right things. going to take care of himself off the field. Um, 
I mean, on on tape, he's a guy that likes to get down and and get in the box and make some hard hits. Uh, he will have to work a little bit on his coverage. Um, I think I think all three of the DBs that Purdue signed, uh, they're all kind of in the same boat. Um, Thieneman, Berglund, and and Ethan Cole. I think they'll all have to work a little bit in coverage, but I mean, Ryan Walters' track record's there with DBs. He's sent, sending two to the league um, this year. A couple years ago, he brought a wide receiver over to the defensive side, turned him into an NFL draft pick. So um, these guys are going to get the right seasoning. But, um, I mean, I, I, I think the world's a Dylan Thieneman. Yeah, and uh, like you said, it's a smaller class, and he definitely looks like somebody that's going to be a contributor in time and everything. Um, how do you, how well do you rate the class for what, uh, Walters was able to hold together? Really? Um, you have 14 commitments. If you count Ethan Trent, you've got a couple that still need to sign like Kendrick Gilbert, but on paper, not the greatest class, uh, still 13th in the big 10, 68th nationally, according to rivals with us. But, you know, he was able to keep the bulk of it on board and keep some guys that had been committed for quite some time. Uh, still committed to coming to Lafayette or West Lafayette, I guess I should say. Yeah. I, I mean, they lost seven guys in the class. That was going to happen regardless. I think you can't ask 17, 18 year old kids to walk into a, uh, a school that they don't know anybody on the coaching staff really. So I wasn't surprised to see as many uh, decommitments as we saw, but I was, I was impressed. He, Rivals rated them as the 68th best uh, class in college football, but they have an average rank uh, of 43rd. So it's kind of a quality over quantity um, type deal for Ryan Walters. But like I said here at the top, um, they're going to keep adding to this. I wouldn't be surprised if if this class reached up to 20. Um, Obviously, the transfer portal, uh, once guys start visiting and and getting to know Coach Walters, I think there will be quite a few guys uh, coming to West Lafayette. And what have you heard from, as far as the transfer portal right now? Um, obviously, we haven't gotten anybody in. We've had some go out, but those guys could always change their mind and decide to come back too. Yeah, and I mean they only lost four star or three three starters, I believe. Spencer Holstedge, which I think is the biggest one, uh, Branson mm-hmm. Dean, and Lawrence Johnson. Those are the three main contributors that they lost. Uh, so I think they're going to have to go portal shopping for another offensive lineman, a couple guys on the defensive line. But, um, I mean, possibly even running back, uh, cornerback as well. Um, although I haven't I haven't heard of many guys getting in the building just yet. Um, I think that'll come. Because um, after, the, after the bowl game, the, this transfer period opens – it stays open, excuse me, until – January 18th or 19th, I believe. So they still have some time. And then there's another one in the spring. That's where Charlie Jones came in. Um, so you can still you can still get guys all the way up until May. Uh, you don't have to go balls to the wall and get them all right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll hit it hard. One name to watch um, that I saw today floating out there was Hudson Card. He's a former quarterback at, at Texas. Uh, we had heard rumors of, of there being another – another guy visiting campus this weekend and and i believe it's him so um, that's a guy to keep an eye on sweet and it, it sounds like it almost sounds like this was a best case scenario given 
the way the coaching situation has played out the last two weeks, wouldn't you say? Yeah, especially with all the assistant coaches on their way out. Like, I mean, they're not they're not like oh a grad assistant or, or whatever. You're losing Mark Hagen, who's arguably the best best recruiter on that staff. Ron English, who was a good recruiter. Uh, basically, the entire offensive staff was Coach Barclay, Brian Brom, and Jeff Brom. So uh, keeping keeping these 12, 14 guys, um, I, I tip my hat to Ryan Walters. And But that being said, he's still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, and especially since you walk in right now, it's almost a who's in charge here because you've got a coaching staff that is not going to be coaching the bowl game, but you have players preparing for the bowl game under coaches that will not be there after the bowl game. It's it's a unique situation, to say the least. Yeah, and we just saw with, with what Pat Narduzzi said. He said two separate schools offered Drake May $5 million uh, to come play from them and transfer away from North Carolina. You're a fool if you don't think Coach Hagan and, and some of those guys are, are in the ears of some of the players, trying to get them to come down to Louisville if they want them. I got about a buck fifty. Uh, how much can you throw in, or should we just throw the entire site budget this month? See who we can get. <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think we could probably start bringing this to a close. I'm watching the basketball game, so I'm a little distracted as it is. But this was always going to be a short one, just discussing finding signing day and everything. So, uh, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? I think I think this class has got some potential. Uh, like I said earlier, you don't don't have to necessarily get caught up in the stars and and the rankings and all that. Purdue's shown that they can they can develop guys. Ryan Walters has been able to develop guys. Uh, Graham Harrell's going to have a great offensive system that plays to his players' strengths. So um, I think I think the numbers and the 68th in college football and and all that stuff um, is easy for fans and media and, and whoever to. They'd be like, "Oh, this is a terrible class," but you never know. You could have, you could have all Big Ten, all even all American guys um, come out of this class. So, well, I um, was curious to see how things worked out the last time there was a coaching change. And according to the rivals' rankings, the first Jeff Brom class was 68th nationally. <laughs> And that, that is just crazy. But it had 24 commitments and really not a lot of guys that ended up being long-time, uh, long-time contributors. You have a bunch of guys that were injured and never really played, but you have that in every class. You have some guys that never even showed up. Uh, I'll, I'll list some names here that, were, that you're just going to be like, okay, who? Um, just go from the top, the whole class. Nicholas Seip, quarterback, uh, I think he played a handful of snaps and then was out with a back injury. Diedrich Mackey, longtime quarterback, uh, had a solid career. Mark Stickford, uh, offensive lineman, ended with a back injury. Tyler Hamilton, I don't even know if he ever played at all. Ethan Smart, uh, he did transfer out? Okay. Uh, Ethan Smart, offensive linesman, didn't play much, I don't believe. Uh, Jalen Jackson, offensive lineman, didn't play much. Darius Pittman, wide receiver, didn't play much. TJ Jallo, uh, I don't think he ever played at all. Uh, defensive back, DJ Edwards, wide receiver, didn't play. Victor Beach, offensive lineman, I know he left early. Terry Wright, solid contributor as a receiver, but he was just a Juco guy for two years. 
Griffin Allstott, that is the son of Mike Allstott, ended up at Western Michigan as a quarterback. Jacob Abrams, another defensive back I don't think played at all. Kai Higgins, uh, I believe he was a Juco defensive lineman that played a decent amount. Giovanni Hightower-Revere transferred out. Isaac Zico, another uh, Juco wide receiver. Deshaun Washington, uh, that would be DJ Washington on the offensive line, eventually shifted to defensive line and was mostly reserve. Alan Daniels, defensive tackle, uh, don't think he ever did anything. Kenneth Major was a starting cornerback. Kieran Catlett played a handful. I think he returned some kicks, but not a whole lot. Robert McWilliams, linebacker, played a little bit, but was mostly a reserve. Tobias Larry, I think he was the reserve for one year. Cornell Jones, pretty solid linebacker, but then transferred to Florida State. And then finally, Derek Barnes went to the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, at least briefly. So, And Derek Barnes started as a running back, and he went to the NFL on defense. So, <laughs> Yeah, you can't, you can't that, get too caught up in, in the numbers and, and things like that. Um, I, I remember Lawrence Johnson was talking to us before the uh, Northwestern game on senior day, and he was like, yeah, my 2019 class came in here 25 deep, and we're leaving with like four or five of us. Um, so mm-hmm. that's that's just how it goes, and especially with the transfer portal and NIL and and all the hoopla that's going on with the college football. Um, you're gonna hit on a select few guys, and then like you just listed off, a lot of them aren't gonna aren't gonna pan out to anything. Uh, maybe at Purdue, they could they could go elsewhere and have some success, but right. And it, I mean, it is what it is. And the real test will be to see what Ryan Walters does with his first full recruiting class. So that already begins. Cause I think we have what one commitment for 2024. That's still hanging on for 24. Yeah. I thought, Oh, I guess we did lose our, I thought we had had one 24 commitment, but I don't believe that they did. I could be. Nah, it looks like there's not. I know that, some of the assistant coaches that Walters has brought on, they're already offering kids for 2024. Yeah. So they're getting busy. They'll, they'll start flowing in in the summer, I believe. Yeah. And recruiting is year round. So mm-hmm. uh, we begin, we begin again soon. So on that note, I think we can wrap things up. Plus basketball is actually trailing new Orleans 16 to 15 with 11 minutes left in the first half. So uh, it's time to panic. <laughs> Zach Eady's not playing. Zach Eady's not playing, and the number one team in the nation is losing. Oh, now nah, we just took the lead. 17-16, all is well in Boilerland. So. Well, Iowa just <laughs> lost to a team that was like 356 in the net or something crazy, or Ken Palm. Uh, yeah, but that's Iowa. Fran's allergic to defense. I'm not surprised. That's true. <laughs> all right, so now that we've dissed on Iowa, everything's good, so... Uh, with that in mind, we do thank you for listening. We do hope everybody has a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. This is probably our last podcast before Christmas Day, and we will get as much as we can out on the out on the site. But it's been a whirlwind few weeks, so it's going to be nice to have a break, isn't it? It's going to be phenomenal <laughs> today. Was <laughs> this last week has been crazy, but hey, this this is what we get to do for a living, so you can't complain too much, you know. Right. You you and Casey and Kyle have done a great job. So thank you very much for the launch here. And we're excited to just get into it for the new year. So 
again, we thank all of you for listening and giving us a chance. And uh, we'll be back after Christmas and Boiler Up. <laughs>